take just a minute. If you have your Bible, turn to Psalm 37. We looked at a previous portion of this psalm, uh, but I want to look at it from a little different point of view. Remember, um, a couple of weeks back, we looked at it from the worry uh, or the envy part. Notice, if you would, in verse number one, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. Now, understand this. How many of you, don't, ever, don't raise your hand, but you have, you've tried to do what's right in a certain circumstance and maybe somebody else didn't try to do what's right or you saw somebody that wasn't doing right and boy, just, they just got a lot of blessings. There were just a lot of good things. And in your heart, you said, why did he get promoted? Why did that happen? Why did she get this? Why did, and our heart was a little envious of them. That's Psalm 37.1. Don't be envious of the, food, of the workers of iniquity. It was also another Psalm, Psalm 73. And uh, this Psalm, David figured it out in the first verse. But Asaph, the musician that David had, he was like his music leader. It took him 13 verses to figure it out. And he went through his heart. He laid his heart out for us to see it. Uh, boy, I was envious at the foolish and their prosperity and their blessings. And so, you know, it just bothered me. Well, the Lord said, don't let it bother you. But notice if you would, in verse 7. I want to draw your attention to resting in the Lord, uh, to realizing uh, the Lord has a purpose for all of us. Notice, if you would, in verse number seven, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Now, uh, these wicked devices, uh, they're, they're plots brought to completion. That's the word for devices, Hebrew word. It's they put together some sort of a plan to get promoted. Or they put some sort of a plan together to look better than their coworker. Or they put some sort of a plan together to look their house to look better than your house. In other words, it's a competition with them. Uh, they're trying to make you look bad so they can look good. No Christian, listen to this, no Christian will ever prosper or have the Lord's blessing if you're trying to make somebody else look bad so that you can look good. That's not the Lord's way. The Lord's way is not with evil devices. We put together some sort of an idea. It can happen in families. I mean, uh, I got a sister, I got a brother, I got a cousin, and, and they're not doing the right thing. And, you know, I, I want to get out the word that they didn't do right. The Lord doesn't bless that. The Bible says we're to pray for our enemies and do good to those that do bad to us. So as a Christian, we are to do what is right and rest in the Lord. Notice, if you would, in verse number 6. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. Look, folks, forget about the world. That's you and I just do what's right. Forget about that marriage over there. Let me, let's just make my marriage the best one I can make it. Look, let me be the best wife I can be. 
Let me not look at her or him or whatever and, and wish that I could do this or I could do that. Let's just put everything aside and say, Lord, help me to do what's right. That you notice he says, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. Now, now listen very carefully. It's very important that you and I do what is right so that it's our righteousness. In other words, it comes from our heart. But it's not so I can look better than James or better than Don. It's so that I can please the Lord and so that the Lord sees that I am trying to do what's right for his sake. The, the purpose is critical. But you can't look at our nature says, I want to do better than Christine. I want to do better than Tim. I want to do better than, than Lucy. I want to do better. Uh, and, and that's our flesh. And so over and over in Scripture, he says, don't compare yourselves to one another. He said, look, you just do what is right, and I will make your works shine. Notice what he says. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light. So the Lord is trying to get us to just do right ourselves. Just your family, you do what's right. You just, Lord, I want to please you. Uh, look, you try to think right. Lord, I want to think the way you want me to think. I just want to do the right thing. Now notice the next phrase he says in there. And thy judgment at the noonday. I, I look, I will make sure that when, when you do what's right and I see it, I'll just make it obvious to everybody. So listen to this. If you want to be blessed, forget about everybody else and let it be between you and the Lord. Lord, I just, I want to talk right. I want to be what you want me to be. And then let him take your righteousness and shine it around. And your testimony will go like this. And notice what he says. You don't have to worry about, well, I, I got to have a good testimony in front of Jeanette. I got to have a good testimony in front of uh, Christine. I got to, look, ladies, don't y'all move because I used your name. Everybody, I think what the idea is, if I use their name, they move to the back. They don't want to be a part of it anymore, okay? So one of these days, I'm going to start with the back and say, if I look at Tommy or if I look at Robert back in the back or look at Dave, and I, I see that, I say, now, maybe I can get them to move to the front. I, maybe that's what I should do is reverse psychology. But notice what he said. Look, you, you just do what is right. And notice in verse number seven, rest in the Lord. Look, lead a stress-free life. Lord, I'm just going to do what, what I, I see in Scripture that you want me to do. I'm going to be careful of my tongue. I'm going to be careful of my thoughts. I'm just going to try to take my time and do what is good for other people even though they don't do good for me. And I'm going to rest in the Lord. Notice what he says. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. That's the stress-free life. I'm just going to do what is right and wait for the Lord. Now, now folks, look. Anybody here ever thought the Lord was a little lack, lax in his quickness to answer our prayers? Or a little lax in his quickness to take care of somebody or, or to let righteousness show or let judgment fall. Uh, well, remember, if you would, the disciples went into a little village. They looked at Jesus and said, oh, we don't want you here. We heard what happened with the 2,000 swine. They ran into the river, ran, ran off the cliff and drowned. We don't want you here. And so 
James, uh, John and James got together, their brothers, they, they, they said, you know what? Lord, you want us to bring down fire from heaven the way they treat you. That's our nature. Okay, Lord, could you just, just bring down a little fire just to let them know? Lord, the Lord says, what kind of spirit is that? Now, if the Lord said that 2,000 years ago, he hadn't changed his mind. You and I ought not to have the spirit of revenge, and we ought not to have the spirit of, Lord, I, I, I want to be a good Christian. I'm not going to ask for I'm not going to do revenge. But, Lord, could you bring revenge in the next 30 minutes? Now, that's not what the Lord wants. Okay? Rest in the Lord. And notice what he says, and wait patiently for him. Now, notice... Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in the way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. He actually plots things, plans things that are wrong, and accomplishes them. And we want the Lord to do something about it. And the Lord says, just do what's right and wait. Now, I want you to notice, if you would, um, there are a few things that we can work on. Um, we want to try, we see some evil plot, we want to lay it out before the Lord and leave it before the Lord. Folks, today, do you realize how much power a Christian has on their knees? If we could just understand that, our lives would be completely different. That you and I get on our knees and say, Lord, uh, I, I see this gentleman over here doing something. I know it's not right. He's talking about them. He's talking about that. Lord, would you thwart his plan? Lord, you just handle it in your way. Now, I want you to listen to this. We learn to let rest and patience ride on our prayers. We learn to pray about things and send the fretfulness with the prayer. Lord, I want you to bless so-and-so. I'm going to leave that in your hands. Lord, would you protect so-and-so? I'm going to leave that in your hands. We don't do that. We pray, but we continue to hold a piece of it ourselves and worry and fret. That's what he's saying here in this psalm. Don't fret yourself. Just do what is right. And when you pray, you send the burden to the Lord. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Folks, we're not good at that because our nature doesn't. We want to help do things ourselves. Folks, do you know what one of the number one reasons hell is going to be filled with people? It's because people did not believe they could pray and say, Lord, would you forgive me and take all my sin? And he would do it. They didn't really grass for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, I can't do anything about it. How many of us could take care of one of our sins in the first place? We've got nothing to pay for one sin, let alone all of our sin. And so once a person sends their prayers to the Lord and says, Lord, I'm sending my sins to you, Lord, I can't do anything about it, would you forgive me? And the Lord says, it's done. He looked at the thief on the cross and says, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. It's done. You know, the Lord is trying to get us to learn to live on our knees and live a stress-free life. Whether it be finances or it be fears or, or, or 
uh, the fickleness of our own heart. We're, how many of you have ever looked at yourself in the mirror and said, why did I do that? Anybody ever done that? You know, you look at it and say, why did I say that? Why did I think that? Why did I look at that? The other day, <clears throat> um, I was reminded, my sweet wife is very good at, at noticing things. And so as we're driving along, you know, you pull up behind some guy and uh, he just sits there, you know, and they're kind of, I guess they're on their phone or something. They're just sitting there. And I, since we got married, I, I no longer, as a Northern Virginian, are allowed to use my horn for that reason, okay, but without, without hurting her feelings. So I pull up behind the guy, and the guy sits there, and, and I look over, and she said, you know, maybe you could just tap it. Now, now listen very carefully. Uh, tapping is just like, beep, you know. Um, we were bike riding yesterday, and she says, does this bike have a horn on it? And I said, yeah, and I rang the horn. I went, tring, tring. And she said, oh, is that what that is? And she said, that's not bad, tring, tring. You know, people are walking along the trail, tring, tring. You know, I said, I don't want that kind. I want the kind with an 18-wheeler horn, and, and everybody run off the edge. That's what I'd like, you know. How many of you have ever thought about that, you know? And so uh, here, uh, you know, uh, as a kid, you're going along, you pull up beside the 18-wheeler, and you go like this, and he goes, I mean, you kind of like that. Well, you're riding a bike on a trail, and there's two people that are walking together, and they're not thinking about anything. They think it's their trail, and you're riding your bike. And so, you know, you know, and it's like, what is that? Angels from heaven. Ding, ding. I want a 18-wheeler horn to just make them run up the trees so I can just go right on down. Now, that's our flesh. That's what we want. You know? Uh, and the Lord says, look, be patient. Now, that's my least favorite word in the English language. It really is. Um... And, and, and yet, I look here what he says in verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for what? For him. For him to what? Do whatever he wants. Wait for him to bless them. Wait for him to bring down fire from heaven on them. Wait for him to bring forth judgment. Wait for him to bring forth your righteousness as light of the noonday. For you and I to do what's right so that they can look at it and say, oh, did you know what? Most of the world doesn't know what right looks like. They don't. Now, <clears throat> they think it's okay to tell a little white lie. How many of you have ever seen or heard a little white lie? There is no such thing as a white lie. They're all black. But we, we somehow, who came up with the idea, oh, that's just a white lie. That's not a white lie. The old devil sat right over here on somebody's shoulder and said, oh, that's just a white lie. I've been out visiting, knocking on doors, I knock on somebody's door, and, and a child comes to the door, you know, wait for a while, they pull back the curtain, they come up, and a little child, they say, hey, uh, how are you doing today? Is your mom or dad home? My mama said she's not home. Okay, thank you. Would you tell your mama that Pastor Pitt would like to invite you to church? Okay, and to give them a track and you walk on. Uh, who would teach your children that? You know what? Um, we would. We don't think about it. 
Um, notice, if you would, in, in, in uh, Psalm 37. Now look here uh, in verse number 18. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright. He said, I know the days uh, of everybody that's trying to do what's right. He said, I know your days. I've got a, did you know the Bible says he numbers all of our days? Do you realize that everybody in this room that's a Christian, he's got your, your days all numbered. Now you and I say, oh my, when's the last one? That's not what we're supposed to be thinking about. Think about tomorrow's number so that what is scheduled for tomorrow. You know, every week in staff meeting on Tuesday, we get together and bring our calendars in. We sit down at a table. We usually try to go through the calendar for at least a week in advance to make sure we've got ready for things. Or maybe it's a month in advance. We just rolled over from uh, um, just rolled over from uh, September to October, and uh, from October to November. So we'll go through the next month, and sometimes we'll go through the next two months, just highlighting things because we want to make sure we don't miss something. Well, the Lord says, look, all your days are numbered, but I've got things for you to do every day. Don't waste one of them. That's reason he said, redeem the time, for the days are evil. He said, Every day that I give you is going to be an evil day, except you do what's right, and then I can bless you. Now, notice if you would, he says in verse 18, he said, I want to give you an encouragement. I know it's hard to do what's right. Um, <clears throat> Janet and I went bike riding yesterday in Antietam. Uh, Antietam's in Maryland, and uh, the, 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 there's a trail right beside the Potomac. And uh, uh, the Potomac is real low right now. And so there's a lot of, of areas where you, you see ripples and uh, the, the river's flowing down gently, but it'd be really hard to kayak it or, or take a canoe down it because you'd constantly be having to pick it up and carry it over the little rapids there. Well, uh, you know, you begin to look at it and say, uh, well, that, that kind of be a tough road down. Well, you ought to try to go upstream. We were... On Monday, all the young people in the school went out to Great Falls. How many have been out there? Okay. You know where the falls are that come down? Uh, and, the, and the evangelists, they said, wow, this is beautiful. I said, I said, now the kayakers come up? I said, they come up the other way and come up the, uh, against the, 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 he says, wow, that must be hard. Yeah, you're going against the grain all the time. A Christian every day that he's got numbered days, he's always going against the grain. He's trying to tell the truth, and others are not concerned about the truth. He's trying to have pleasant words and gracious words. Others are not concerned about that. But what happens when that spirit gets into our homes? What happens when that spirit gets into our, as God's children's hearts? And we don't watch what we do. A reminder of this, look in verse number 18. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, but look at verse 18. And their inheritance shall be forever. You know what he's saying to you? He said, look, I've got a home prepared for you in heaven. Will you just live right? You know the end. Now, I don't know about you, but uh, I've watched some movies and I sometimes want to just go to the end or read a book. I'm reading a book. I want to just see what the end says. And, and did you, how many of you know what Blinkist is? How many of you know what Blinkist is? You want to know what Blinkist is? You don't know. Okay, they, they read through and highlight a book uh, and give you a 15-minute read and you get the gist of the book. It's called Blinkist. 
They're, they're, they've made a lot of people filthy rich and, and they'll just, oh, you want to read this book on whatever? If Blinkett has got it, you just glance over it 15 minutes while you know just about what the book says. And so uh, you, know, you look at it and say, wow, that, that'd be pretty cool to be able to read a lot of books like that. Yeah, well, do, do you understand what he's trying to say here? He's saying, look, I'm going to tell you what the end is going to be. I'm going to tell you in five minutes. I'm going to tell you in a verse. Your future is secure. You've got a home in heaven. I've gone there. John 14, he says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. That where I am, there he may be also. Do you realize today the Lord is preparing a home in heaven for you? And he said, and in my father's house are many mansions. You know what, I, I was reading this week and I looked up that word mansions, that's a dwelling place that God has prepared. Can you imagine, uh, it takes anywhere from six months to a year or two to build a house now, uh, depending upon you know, how big it is and what's in it. Can you imagine the God of heaven, they created the world in seven days, six days, building you a home, he's been there 2,000 years. He said, your inheritance is forever. I'm just trying to get you to see the end and let you calm down and say, I'm going to rest in the Lord. You know what he wants for us? Just do what is right. Just build a sweet home. Just build a great marriage. Just care for other people. Other people are lost. They're dying and on their way to hell. Somebody's got to care about them. The world doesn't. He said, I just want you to know, your inheritance is secure. <clears throat> I knew um, my father and Susan's father were sitting in the back seat of the car when I led my first person to Christ. It was a hitchhiker. We're sitting at Sun Rexall Drugs on 75. Expressway. We just picked them up, pulled over, and was telling about how to get heaven. About his head and trusted Christ as Savior. They were both sitting in the back seat to make sure that I didn't mislead the guy, mispromise the guy, that made sure that I led him to the Lord that he could pray. He did pray and trusted Christ as Savior. I watched my dad get in the car and drive off and never come home. I watched Susan's dad uh, do basically the same thing, start having an affair with another woman, and I watched both families break up. Now, it took me years to figure out, how can a Christian do that? Do they not know that the end is already prepared for them? Do they not know that the Lord said, I, I, judgment is going to be like noonday? Look, your days are all numbered. Why would you throw away 30 or 40 years of them? He said, look, notice if you would in verse number, in verse number 39. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. Look, I've got your soul in my hands. And notice what he says. He is their strength in time of trouble. He said, I'm going to help take care of you. But the only way he's our strength in time of trouble, if when we pray about something, we leave the burdens in the prayer and we 
going our way in a stress-free life. We have to learn to give the burden and the responsibility of handling it to the Lord. And that is an impossible feature in our human nature. We can do it in the spirit of God through the power of God. Notice with me, if you would, in verse number uh, 40, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them. Notice that phrase, because they trust in him. Um, A guy was, I read this week of a guy that was uh, uh, coming home from work, had a couple children, and they were up on this fence. You know, they were uh, climbed up on the fence and there were three or four of them up on the fence. And he said, hey, y'all need to get down off that fence. Uh, you, you may hurt yourself. And, and they had climbed up on this wooden fence. And, and uh, so he goes to the first one and says, okay, jump to me. I'll take care of you. And they jumped off the fence right to him. Went to the next one and said, jump to me. He jumped off the fence right next to him. But the third child he walked up to and said, hey, jump to me. And he was kind of hesitant. Uh, I don't know. And, and the little article says, you know what the difference was? The two that jumped were the father's own children. The one that wasn't sure of was the neighbor's kid. Now, it ought to be that you and I know that our heavenly father will always catch us. Notice what he said in verse number 40, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. That is a promise of God, just like whosoever shall call for the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Lord is trying to get you and I to learn to send our prayers to him and let the burdens go with them. And yet, if you and I don't learn to do that, we're going to carry our burdens off and on every one of those precious days that God gives you to live for him. I don't know about you, but there have been times uh, when I was in school I would, I would do a lot of things and I wasn't really prepared for the exam as best as I could be. So I would cram a little bit. Anybody in this room ever crammed a little bit? I mean, you know, you, you, just, you just waited a little bit later. And I went back and said, why didn't I do this on Monday? Why didn't I do it on Thursday? I had a few hours there. Why didn't I do it on Friday? But I'd be ready for Monday. I had a high school teacher. Believe it or not, he taught oceanography. I had oceanography in high school. Uh, none of them know what's going on, I can tell you that, because they're kin to weathermen. And how many of you noticed that the weathermen did say today was to be bright and sunny, and uh, it was to be no rain? And this morning I got up, and I thought it was a little overcast, and it said 80 to 90% rain. And so my oceanographer as a teacher, he's telling us the way the, uh, the rivers go through the ocean and, and how weather patterns happen and all that stuff. And he looked at all of us. He said, no, we got a test on Friday. And he said, Look, let me explain something to you. When I was in school, I would always study a week, week and a half in advance, a little bit at a time. Chapter one on Monday week. Chapter two on Tuesday. Chapter three, and I'd review them. And he said, does anybody in this room want to know what I did on Thursday night before the exam? And all the kids said, cram. He said, nope. He said, I actually went and did something that I wanted to do and didn't think about it. He said, 
I saw those kids get the no-dos and get the coffee and sit and work into the night, three o'clock in the morning, and come in, and their mind couldn't quite think, and he said, my mind was clicking. You know, I said, that's a pretty good policy. And so, when I was taking Greek class in college and even some grad class, some of those classes, Greek, every verb has 630 endings. It's a very accurate language. But in order to get the gist of it, you got to know the 630 endings. And so I got a ring. It was about that big. Punched holes in three by five cards and would write all the endings out. Uh, and I, Dioko, run to catch. So I'd write that Dioko, Diokos, Diokos, Dioko, and you, all the, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the clinchings all the way out, and I'd be walking. I've actually almost walked into a signpost doing my declensions, just so concentrating on it, you know. And, 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 and yet, when it came to the test, I was ready. Lord, Help me to live like that so that I take today and I live it knowing my future is secure, knowing I'm living this for you and I don't have to worry about the results. All I have to worry about is me doing right. And you know, when I saw my father go this way and my father-in-law go that way, I said, Lord, I can't control them, but I can control me. Lord, help me to do what is right. And do you know that salvaged my life? And it'll salvage yours. And it allows me to look back on my life and say, Lord, thank you. I tried to do what's right that day. I tried to do what's right that day. Now, do you know when I, how many of you think I tried to do what's right every day of my life? I did. I stubbed my toe most days too. But you know, when you ask the Lord, Lord, I'm sorry for that. Forgive me. With that prayer goes the worry of that sin. Wow, what a stress-free life. Every so long, things get a little more weight, more weight. You know, we originally started out to build this building, all the ball fields and everything, and it was about $18 million. Now, that was more money than I thought was in the world. And now I look back on it, and it's approaching 40-plus million, and I say, Lord, this is too much. And the Lord says, 40 million or $40, what's your worry? I got to learn to live one day at a time, sending my prayers with my burdens, knowing my future is secure. And folks, let me tell you this. You need to do that with your children and your grandchildren so they don't worry their whole lives, so they don't carry this great burden. Christians are meant to be the happiest people on earth. You know why? They got a heavenly father that says, and he shall deliver them, and he is yours if you've trusted him. Father, 
I thank you today for the promises you made in Scripture. I just ask that you would help us to learn to live a stress-free life. Lord, I know we can't do it in ourselves. But dear Holy Spirit, if we trusted you, and Father, if we sent our prayers to you with great trust and confidence, Lord, we could live a stress-free life. And I pray that you'd help us to do that. In your name I pray. Amen.